Greetings, everybody, and welcome to the first podcast called Free Speak of the Namibia Media Trust. I'm from the Namibia Media Trust, and my name is Gwen Lister. And today I have with me here Frederico Lynx. He is the author of a paper on fake news and Namibian elections, and it is the first in the series by the um, Institute for Public Policy Research in their Democracy Report, Namibia Votes 2019 series. And we're here today to discuss the report a little bit. Frederico, welcome. And I think we should probably start out by defining this concept. Uh, fake news is, a, is an expression I don't use, and I quite honestly refer to it as the F-word. Um, I noticed that in your report you've mentioned this, knowing there is controversy about this term, and you have put the word in inverted commas throughout the report for that very reason. Uh, the UNESCO report on, on the same subject basically puts a strike through fake news. So, Frederico, disinformation, misinformation, I'm sure people are confused. So we need to just really look at this in very basic terms. If a newspaper makes a mistake with the title of someone or a factual error and apologizes the next day, how do we define that? And how do you distinguish that from a lot of what is on the internet, which is absolutely intentionally designed to fool people or propagandize people mm. um, by means of absolute lies, really, mm. which people believe? How do how do people how can they discern between these things? Mm. Um, I mean, I'd say I mean disinformation. I mean, I, I think we're on the same page on this. Is 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 out and out. Um, designed to to cause harm mm -hmm. and harm what we mean by harm would be to intentionally intentionally uh, I think intent is the yeah, key word intentionally um, sort of confuse the a discussion or, or, mm -hmm. or the informational issue that is being addressed um, and to create confusion right whoever accesses in right. whoever accesses that information. I mean, and in some places, I mean, it's even meant to... It's cost people lives in yeah. places like India and, and, and Nigeria and so on, where because of disinformation, intentional, it is, it is fueled ethnic tensions, it is, it is fueled religious tensions, it has it is caused, uh, you know, uh, deaths. I don't have an example here. But in Namibia, I mean, but, in, yeah. in Namibia, we, we, we see this especially... Um, around sort of the inflaming of passions around ethnic identities, tribalism and ethnic nationalism, which we see. Um, and if you go on Facebook, for instance, and you, and you have these discussion groups, you very quickly get the sense that people um, go into the ethnic silos or, or and, and, and retreat into the ethnic. Okay, identities. but Frederica, let's come up with. Let's come up with an example in mm. traditional media, i.e. print or mm. radio, and on the other hand, one on social media. Yeah, yeah. Give us an example of disinformation, yeah. which is deliberate, in those two different contexts. Yeah. Um, in, in, on social media, I mean, as I said, the, oh. the disinformation around, uh, around tribal uh, realities. Um, on, on, in traditional media, I mean, we, we've... We've seen recently, I mean, just taking an example of the IPPR, and it concerned the Ondangwa by-election. 
um, where a headline in one of the de- uh, weekly newspapers was intentionally um, crafted to convey the message that IPPR director uh, Graham Hopwood said that the independent candidate was uh, favourite to win. And if you read the story itself, it wasn't true. But you could clearly see, and, and attempts were made to get a correction out of out of the, the, the publication, and they simply they refused. They refused to do so. Yeah. But the story didn't misrepresent uh, uh, him, but the headline uh, did. But the headline... So you had a very clear misrepresentation of, of what the person actually said, and that is intentional. Um, and it was clear that it was intentional. Um, and it was clear because of the sort of leanings that the specific um, publication, political leanings that this sort of publication has sort of demonstrated. Um, so you had these sorts of you have these sorts of things, and, and that was intentional. On, on mm. social media, the intent um, we have some platforms where uh, some of them are sort of uh, you know political party uh, associated. Well, if it comes to political parties, we're not really talking disinformation there. We're talking propaganda yeah. most of the time because um, obviously party spokespeople yeah, but this want is not, to. But this is not okay. this is a, an associate. Yeah, you know, it's not okay. the political party okay. itself. Um, where on Facebook and, and, and WhatsApp some very ugly messages were, for instance, sent out about um, um, the former cabinet minister, Pindukeni Vulaitana, by a certain individual that um, is sort of on the fringes of, mm. of senior ruling party um, politicians. Um, and it's all in the paper. I mean, I, I provide these examples there. Um, so you have these very very uh, vitriolic, very uh, poisonous um, posts on, on WhatsApp and on Facebook leaking onto Twitter um, where, where statements are being made and they're being shared further by others. Um, and this is, this, is, this is... Some people would say that the defining feature um, in some of the research, the defining feature is not so much the content of what we consider fake news. It, it, it is actually the virality the the speed and, and, and the mode and the distance it travels. Um, that is the defining, that is what should be considered the defining feature of this phenomenon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I agree with that. Social media gives it, and the algorithms are such that... Obviously that, gives it greater push. Yeah. It's not though it's a new phenomenon. Yeah. Yeah. Any of this and is old as exactly. history itself. But it's um, just found more resonance and it's... Yeah. Because faster than the speed of yes. light. Because I was going to say, even something like the reference you make to Pendukeni, mm. um, in ordinary parlance, before the rise of disinformation, mm. the F-word and so on, would have been defamation. Mm. Uh, you would have defamed her by making those comments yeah. about her. Yeah. So, I but, mean, I we mean, haven't got the time to yeah, go yeah. into the in-depth discussion of, yeah. of all these things, but just, I think that gives people an idea... Yeah of what really and how to distinguish between something that is disinformation or misinformation or an absolute lie. Another example. I mean, Mm. if you look at what happened before the, in the run-up to the, and during the SWAPO's, um, the ruling party's elective Congress of 2017, November 2017, and the sort of, the the countering disinformation campaigns that were running then, um, you had two camps, you had these two campaigns, one was breaking news, the other one was this reporter. And these two were just sort of battling it out on WhatsApp and, and for yeah. misinforming um, not just the delegates that yes. were going to the Swapo Congress, yes. but yes. also 
anybody who had access to these groups and, and, and was interested in politics and they mm. spilled onto various groups on, 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 on other social media platforms. Mm. So these were very visible, um, very clear disinformation campaigns which were aimed at, 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 at smearing and, and, and tarnishing the opposing camps. Exactly. Uh, team Harambe and Team Swapo yes. um, that were contesting for power at that point in, in, in the ruling party. Yes. There's also, I mean, it's not local, but a very famous example of something that might well have influenced an election, and that was the fake news, um, as they call it, of Hillary Clinton, who was alleged to be running a trafficking ring out of a pizza parlor. Yeah. And it went absolutely viral. And, I mean, again, it's very difficult to tell whether Trump uh, got thousands more votes simply because of that story aimed to discredit uh, Clinton. So clearly it can have a very um, great influence on an election outcome at times. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's disturbing to... I mean, we always have the sense that it's always people who are informationally illiterate and um, informationally underexposed and um, people who aren't all that... Um, lack of a reading culture unsophisticated yes, and, sort of yeah. unsophisticated media mm. uh, um, consumers who are the primary um, spreaders and, and, and the primary audiences of, 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 of fake news and misinformation and disinformation propaganda and all these other mm. um, phenomena um, but just this week actually I mean a report on a study in Indonesia came out where actually there's a great deal of fake news and what what it points to it, a sizable proportion of highly educated people are also susceptible and also spreading this information so it's not just that we can say yeah it's those people who don't know nothing poor educated mm. um, they don't read they don't have a reading mm. culture they don't know mm. and if I look at for instance this got me to look at for instance my for instance my whatsapp groups mm. And I have like one where there are a lot of professionals on, and just the amount of of information that is questionable that mm. gets shared on, for instance, on this on one of these groups is is amazing. And mm. these are all educated people mm. with high positions in the organisations where they are, or in the professional fields. Yeah. And the amount of misinformation and disinformation, and and just. And, and maybe compounding all that is that people often, especially those online, are seeking to reinforce their own prejudices. Exactly. So something they may read, um, even if it is later disproved, mm. will go much further yeah. than the actual correction or the yeah. revealing of the truth at the end yeah. of the day. So, so it so, is very dangerous yeah. and, and leading to the dumbing down of the world yeah. because we all know information and good information mm. is key for citizens to make good decisions about their lives and the less access they have to such good information uh, and internalize rubbish, basically, really will lead to the dumbing down of the world rather than the country and building a knowledge-based society. Yeah. It's so important that people understand that what they read and the kind of news and information they consume, for want of a better word, um, it's so essential that they try to verify and before they yeah. just believe anything they read. Yeah, but we want to avoid a situation, I think mostly, um, uh, where we give scope to politicians, especially politicians in your more um, authoritarian-minded uh, uh, jurisdictions, um, to define it for us. Because they 
invariably, I mean, we're already seeing this in, 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 on, on the African continent where you have these anti-fake news laws in some countries where um, it becomes free speech violating, mm-hmm. um, where it becomes a blanket under which uh, countering fake news becomes a blanket under which... Any um, dissenting views yes, are... A legitimate political correct. expression is suppressed. Correct. Is oppressed and suppressed. Um, so you don't want that sort of situation. And I think that is why there is such a... Um, why there is at the moment, if you look at the academic and, and, and sort of uh, media literature around this, um, this, 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 this phenomenon of fake news... Um, why people are trying to come up with an acceptable universal um, definition that's, that can speak to all, all contexts um, and, and, and uh, can address all the concerns both of your ordinary person, your academic and your, you know, your, your, your government official um, so that we do not allow a situation where um, under some a blanket term, people, uh, you know, human rights are being violated. Mm. Um, and I think this is also where David Kay, the uh, UN Special Rapporteur on Freedom of Expression, um, he's also waded into this and, and, and tried to caution against um, fake news being used to, to suppress legitimate political expression and, and, and violate all sorts of human rights. Exactly. Frederica, the other thing you do say um, in the report is that this is really a first phase um, to monitor and map the phenomenon of the F-word and disinformation during the Namibian election uh, process. So I'd like to hear a little bit more about what you plan to do there. Yeah, I mean, so we, 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 we have established, or we're in the, pro- in the process of establishing the social media tracking center. Mm-hmm. We want to actually see the sorts of... Um, misinformation, disinformation and, and propaganda that, um, and hate speech um, that emerges in the run-up to the November 2019 uh, elections in Namibia. Um, and we're already seeing um, a lot of you know, what, what would be considered uh, sort of fake news um, on, on social media politically motivated and politically sort of associated where is it most prolific when um, we talk about social media? I mean, if you look at the, the, the social media stats, I mean, Facebook, Twitter and WhatsApp are, are the biggest in Namibia. Facebook is, is still the biggest social media platform. And a lot of um, what you see on Facebook gets shared onto Twitter and onto WhatsApp, onto WhatsApp or mm-hmm. vice versa from WhatsApp mm-hmm. onto mm-hmm. Facebook and Twitter and so on. Mm. Um, so you have this sort of uh, social media symbiosis um, way of, of uh, creating an social, uh, an, an, uh, a fake news ecosystem. And this is, you can sort of, we sort of get a sense, I mean, I don't have any proof for this, but we sort of get a sense that there's a steady increase in this throughout this year. Um, and, and that a lot of it has to do with uh, internal ruling party politics. Mm. Um, and, and factionalism, and, and then there's the, you know, of course, the ugliness of tribalism and, and, and all these things, um, and, and then there's some borderline ex- incitement and, and, and hate speech and so on. Um, so this is all busy happening. So what we 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 want to do, and, and we'll produce another report after this okay. this project. Mm-hmm. So early next year, in, in late January, we'll be 
launching that report um, where we will sort of give the data and, and, and what it looked like in the run-up to the elections. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one was basically a scoping. This, this paper is basically a scoping report. I mm-hmm. did a scoping study mm-hmm. um, to set the scene. Exactly. Um, and then at the end of the project in, in, in late January, we'll then release a report and do a presentation and so on yeah. about what it actually looked like ahead yeah. of the elections and whether it actually is such a big problem as it has turned out in elections in other parts of the continent yes. and the world, whether fake news is actually such a big concern for us in our political and electoral landscape. Okay. Frederica, I also think, you know, we talk about this subject a lot and it is the sort of flavor of the day, if you like, um, all over the world, um, vis-a-vis media. Now, your, your ordinary listener might say, well, look, what does it really matter at the end of the day if I read some of these things that are untrue or lies or propaganda. How is it going to change things? And specifically when we look at elections, what are we worried about here? Mm. Is it something that is going to change or it can change the outcome of the election? Uh, maybe um, a few words look, on I mean, that. There's no... I mean, even if you look at... It, it might not change the outcome of the election, but it does... Uh, it, it does... Um, yeah, it does pollute um, your political discourse. It does pollute your 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 commons. Mm-hmm. You know where where people meet to discuss. And social media has become the the commons um, where people meet to discuss uh, pertinent mm. societal issues and so on, political issues, and especially in the run up to elections and so forth. Um, in Namibia, it's not that. I don't think it's that big yet. Yeah. I mean, penetration rates and. Internet use is not all that high. I think it's about a quarter of the population. Um, so, you know, but it's still an important space. Um, and if you look at some of the comments on some of the posts, how people have been triggered. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for instance, a lot of the tribalist and, and, and ethnic nationalist statements. I mean, you can just see how that sort of engagement sours people's views of each other. Yeah. Um, in society, so so, it's not that it's just I can, um, if I read it, so what? Yeah. If you share it, and I mean even parody content, like yeah. uh, you know, sort of satirical content, stuff that isn't meant to be taken serious. Um, the literature suggests that the research that has been done in other parts of the world suggests that they are actually people who believe such content and then pass it along to others. Um, in their groups who might also believe it. Yes. So even if it's a small fraction of people who uh, believe, say, a, 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 a joke about yeah. a polit- and take it seriously, mm. there still are people yeah. who do that. And, and, and then this thing spins out of control and we wonder, well, how is it that people didn't see the, the, the funny in it? Exactly. Um, and take it seriously. Did somebody actually believe this? Yeah. And this is happening. Okay. And um, ultimately, it doesn't only affect elections. It can impact yeah, I mean, democracy and human of, yeah, rights. All sorts of things. Exactly. Um, Frederica, go, just to go on to another question, one of the th- points you raise, which um, I'm not sure I absolutely agree with, but I'd like to hear your, your points, and that is you seem to attribute the phenomenon of the F-word or disinformation largely to what you refer to as declining journalistic standards. Mm. Now, I know, and we all know, that uh, traditional media, as we know, newspapers, radio, television, are in a fight for survival Mm. and for sustainability, and that definitely standards have declined. But to make that uh, 
um, the cause or the main cause for the proliferation of, of fake news, which is primarily on uh, social media. Mm. How, how do you come to that conclusion? Um, okay, I, I don't, I, I don't, um, I don't make that the main cause. I'm just sort of using a, a, a template that is was developed by First Draft, which is an international project um, that aims to map and counter um, the spread of fake news and so on. Um, and, and they start off with poor journalism. And I just use the same okay. template. Um, okay. But, I mean, as, as a, 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 a journalist myself, I'm, I mean, it resonated with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it's one of the things that, that I'm very concerned about. Um, declining media standards and declining trust in media because it affects my work as well. Yeah. Um, and and if you look at the literature and the research that has been done about around the declining trust in in media and so on, um, you'll see that one of the factors that is always placed high is people start people starts uh, how people view the media as not. Credible, mm-hmm. um, and this is because of audience confusion through mm-hmm. how stories are reported and, and 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 so forth. And media capture plays a big role where people yeah. start viewing yeah. certain media uh, organizations are allied to certain political interests Correct. or political movements or so on, or speak from a certain political perspective. Um, when they have clear ownership agendas, yeah, which the yeah. reader may not so, know about. I mean, so, yes. so media capture is part of the problem. Okay. Um, and and the pushing of certain agendas, and then you have things like I mean that we see a lot in Namibia as well, where you have, and this has come out in research in other countries as well, um, where you have media organisations publishing corporate PR in the newspapers yeah. as if it's editorial content. Correct. And that's what people point to and say that's fake news. That's yeah. not that's not journalistic content. Yeah. And that um, increases the distrust. Yeah. So so people see. Corporates publishing this thing, and even the corporate byline and a corporate uh, official's face there. And that's what people in, for instance, the US and other places have pointed to. Yeah. That's fake news. That's sort of stuff. You see, so we have that sort of problem. This, this PR journalism, this uh, yeah. press release driven journalism, that's what people point to. Yes. The public points to and say that's fake news. Exactly. And they have a point. Yeah. Um, so we're really looking at the necessity to up professionalism exactly. and journalism exactly. which at the end of the day good journalism is probably the best antidote exactly. uh, to this disinformation yeah. and yeah. and hopefully that people can be guided yeah. in that direction yeah. away from clickbait it's I mean that's just, important yeah I mean it's just not just the one thing I mean it's also on, on yeah. online you know clickbait headlines correct clickbait advertising on on on, on uh, credible in, uh, uh, newspapers or media organizations yeah. websites um, all sorts of things, tabloidization, you know, sort of um, sensationalizing in headlines and, and, and intros and stories, um, all sorts of things, you know. Right. So, and, and, and also, I mean, a general sh- a, a decline in, in depth and context in, in reporting. Yeah. Um, um, and, and, I mean, so all these contribute to a decline in me- trust in the media, a decline in, in, in people turning to what we consider as reputable sources of information yeah. um, and, and so forth. And, and people start seeing the media only out as uh, trying to make a buck, trying to survive by 
uh, broadcasting clickbait. Yeah. Or, you know, it's 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 a range of factors. Yeah. Um, yeah. So also, I, th- I think, you know, sometimes we think, and there are stats out there to show that more and more people, hopefully, are turning to more reputable sources oh. of news and information, given the sort of tsunami of, of disinformation out there. And, and obviously, we hope that's something that continues. Oh. At the end, Federico, as we wind up on this, it looks to me like combating disinformation, misinformation, lies and propaganda really requires a multifaceted uh, approach. There's no silver bullet solution. Uh, Would you agree with that? I mean, media literacy, all these kind of things come into play. Yes, I mean, absolutely. You you can't just have the one thing. Yeah. Um, It has to be a range of interventions from a range of actors. Um, it has to be at um, it has to be at educational level where from you know in your school curriculums you have to deal with issues um, around information and, and information sophistication and how people access and and interpret information and what sort of information so it's media literacy from school level it's it's civil society engagement um, with with, right. with ordinary people. It's the media being proactive in 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 you know doing the doing, good stories and the real real and stuff. Also, yes. also doing advocacy around mm. um, what is credible information and not not just uh, uh, publish and pray. You know that yeah. people think you're you're producing quality. No, there needs to be a step beyond. And actually, research shows that way. Um, the the publish and pray uh, what that used to be the, the position. It, isn't isn't persuading people? Yeah, there needs to be more for more actors to to do to to, to, to really counter this thing. Yeah, you know, sort of the pollution of information landscapes and and especially the news information landscape. Right. Um. So there there has to be a range of acts, and and we specifically spoke to the uh, issues around elections in this paper. Correct. But um. And 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 sort of and we want to make it clear we're not calling for uh, dealing with this phenomenon. In a broader context, yeah. In in a in a very narrow electoral context, uh, regulating how political actors and political parties oh. and and all the associated support and, and so on, um, the sort of statements they make yeah. from platforms and, and media on social media and and in, in news media um, that they you know act civilly and not you know just be shouting matches where they just lob lies and, and propaganda at each other um, and treat the public with respect. Exactly. You know, and treat our elections with respect. Um, mm. It's an important uh, political and, and, and democratic process. Right. Let's treat it with respect. Right. Um, and at the end of the day, Frederica, I guess it's really, you know, dear listeners out there, it's really up to you mm. um, on your own to be more discerning about your news and information absolutely. sources and uh, hopefully... Um, by accessing your report, again, people becoming more conscious of this phenomenon. Um, and after all, I think most people don't really like to be fooled. Mm. So if they are more discerning, this is the way forward on that. So please get a copy of that report. And uh, Frederico, thank you very much for joining us on this first edition of Free Speak. Thank you very See much you for soon. having me, Gwen. Thank you.